In October of 2017, Darian Michelle Hudson was a beautiful, accomplished young woman who had plans to move back to Kansas where she would continue studies to become a nurse. Strangely, Darian spent all day lingering at a church construction site until walking towards a cluster of trees. She has never been seen since. Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic today, Tim. Uh, I hope everyone out there is doing great. How are you? I am doing great as well. Thanks a lot for asking. And today in this episode, Lance, we have a case that was submitted to private investigations for the missing. We are speaking about the disappearance of Darian Michelle Hudson. Yeah, Darian Michelle Hudson was 23 years old when she went missing, so that would make her 26 today, 5 foot 3 inches, about 120 pounds. She's an African-American with black hair and brown eyes and missing from Stillwater, Oklahoma, and described as an accomplished, beautiful young woman. And I can't agree with more. It's uh, it's truly a, a tragic disappearance, a tragic mystery. And hopefully what we're doing right now helps to bring some answers. Absolutely. It is a really mysterious case. And our coworker, Jennifer Amell, joins us in this conversation, Lance, to uh, sort of break down the facts surrounding her mysterious disappearance. And in addition to the media coverage that Darian is receiving, her face and her details were also placed on what they're calling the cold case playing card deck. And that is essentially playing cards that are distributed to prisoners in prison in hopes of generating new leads for these disappearances, these unsolved cases. So hopefully something comes of that. Absolutely. I love it when they do that kind of thing, Lance. And um, if you have any information, any credible information about Darian's whereabouts, please contact Detective Mary Kellison at 405-742-8357. And you can remain anonymous. And that's taken right from missingdarianhudson.com. And Lance, before we discuss Darian's disappearance any further, we just want to tell our listeners about our new subscription service where we are offering ad-free episodes, some early releases, a behind-the-scenes look at how things work here at Missing, and our opinions on the cases. Yes, we're really excited about this because... While we delivered the information and the facts about these disappearances on the missing public feed, we often have conversations that are off the air, just our theories. What would be the most likely scenario? What would possibly put somebody in a position where they would end up disappearing? Um, and and a lot of that stuff we don't put out to the public because we never want to stoke the flames of speculation. But off the air and behind the curtain, I suppose, a lot of productive conversation is had. So it's a really good opportunity to hear us suss through the details and, and make a clearer picture in our own heads, which might in turn make the picture a bit clearer for the listeners. Absolutely. And we're calling that show Hidden Opinions um, because that's kind of what it is. And we're, we also offer our uh, entire creator's commentary catalog, which where we uh, spoke over the first 
somewhere around 70 episodes of Missing Maura Murray. And that's all there for you to check out as well. That was an interesting experiment, uh, sort of a special kind of torture is what I say, but it's really fun to listen to, and I'm using the word fun in the sense of you hear us talk about us from the past, and we cover the mistakes we've made, we cover details that have happened in the meantime, uh, any changes, any updates, and then we give ourselves a fair amount of shit as well. So that's where a little bit of the fun comes in, but it's also very informative and and entertaining at the same time. Agreed. So check out missing.supportingcast.fm, and there's a link in the show notes as well. And Lance, we're going to CrimeCon at the end of April beginning of May in Vegas. It is going to be a blast. We are going to do a live missing show from the Podcast Row studio, and we're going to do a live Crawl Space show as well, which is one of our other podcasts. We don't have the schedule for them yet, but we will let everyone know once we do. And we will be there, and we hope to see you there April 29th, the 30th, and May 1st. And we will be joined by our new partners at Glassbox Media. They will be representing an area of Podcast Rose of Swing By. Say hello to them. And in addition to selling ads for us so we can pay the bills, they also help to refine your podcast brand. Again, Swing By Podcast Row. Check them out. Say hi to us. And check out the shows that are on their network. And Tim, tell the listeners what they win. They've won 10% off their standard badge when they check out using promo code CRAWLSPACE at CrimeCon.com. We will see you there in Las Vegas. I can't wait. I can't either. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. And we're going to play a quick commercial break here. And then we'll be right back with Jennifer Mel to break down Darian Hudson's mysterious disappearance. Please follow us on social media at Missing CSM and make sure to check out Private Investigations for the Missing at investigationsforthemissing.org. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to Missing. Jennifer Mel, how are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me back on. Uh, we're discussing a, a truly baffling case today. I really don't know what to think about this case, uh, what the circumstances were that led this young woman to disappear. 
This is another case that came to us uh, via private investigations for the missing. And this research was conducted by our friend Maggie Bidencap. So big shout out to Maggie. Big shout out to PIs for the Missing, of course. Check them out on their website, investigationsforthemissing.org. And uh, shout out to you, Jen, for working with the researchers, putting together all of the information that we use as we go through the story of these missing individuals. This one happens to be Darian Michelle Hudson. She was 23 at the time of her disappearance. That would make her 26 currently, 5 foot 3 inches, 120 pounds. She's an African-American with black hair and brown eyes. And again, missing since October 22nd, 2017 from Stillwater, Oklahoma. And some distinguishing characteristics. Darian has a tattoo on her right shoulder blade, a large feather with five small birds and the words birds of a feather flock together in script underneath. And Darian has her ears and nose pierced. It also appears in some photos that Darian might have a cartilage piercing, but this wasn't reported in any of the sites we looked at. Usually Charlie Project list, lists uh, piercings, tattoos, that sort of thing. It does appear that she has a uh, piercing like that, but yeah, not totally sure. And Darian's mother, Stephanie, has been uh, pretty vocal out there. She described to Dateline some of Darian's characteristics. Uh, she said if, she, if you were having a bad day, Darian would change that. She would just flash that smile of hers or say something funny. She has this big heart that shone through her smile. And well, she was... And then she kind of peters off. She is the light of our lives. And these pictures that we look at of Darian, as we go through this information, uh, she does have this radiant smile. And she does have this look in her eye that, like her mom said, comes through with the smile. Like this happiness seems to come through. This energy seems to come through. Absolutely. And Darian Michelle Hudson grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas. She stood out as an athlete and went on to graduate from Barton County Community College and then to attend Langston University in Oklahoma, where she played softball and planned on studying to become a nurse. I do want to say something about her mother, Stephanie, though. So Stephanie has kept up this project of posting once a day. For all these years since Darian has been missing, she posts every single day a picture of Darian, hoping to just like keep the word out there. It might sound like a like a small thing to do in the grand scheme of like a missing persons case, but that is so important and it takes so much emotional energy to like keep hope alive day after day. Yeah, without a doubt, that is no small task. And Darian continued living in Oklahoma after she graduated and began working as a server at Applebee's on Perkins Road in Stillwater, about 20 minutes from campus. And that was in 2015. Darian had many friends and she was known as D or D Baby. She was also super active on social media until October 24th of 2017. Pretty impressive, uh, I think. She tweeted over 33,000 times during the five-year period of 2012 to 2017. I think that's a lot. That's a lot, right? 33,000 times over five years. Okay, That's a real lot, yeah. yeah. That is a real lot. I don't know if I've tweeted 20, uh, 33,000 times in... No, no, definitely not. Uh, I don't even know if I've tweeted a thousand times. I mean, as someone who's tweeted maybe three times in my life, <laughs> I think that that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I've, I've tweeted under 7,000 times since being on Twitter since 2009. So yeah, that that is a, a lot uh, compared to me, and I'm not that active, though. I mean, it's impressive. That's that's like four times as many tweets. Yeah, in, in, less, in much less time. In much less time. Okay. So that was good. That's good to put that into context. 
her presence on social media. Yeah, I think that not only speaks to um, Darian as a young woman with a lot to say and a lot to get out into the world, but it also um, creates this like crazy contrast between, you know, what she would do in a normal day was tweet, be active on social media, and then right after her disappearance where she was pretty much dark on social media. And before her disappearance, Darian had recently gone through a breakup. And after her breakup, her friends and family noticed some changes in her. She stopped playing softball and started hanging out with a new friend group that she had connected with at work. And around this time, Darian had also had a miscarriage and her beloved dog, Zig, had passed away as well. Yeah, seems like she was going through a really hard time in the months leading up to her disappearance. I'm not sure if this is what precipitated her desire to move back to Kansas to be with her family. I know that she had plans to attend university back in Kansas, but I wonder if she just kind of wanted to start anew and move back home. Well, I'm very interested in this because when we do any coverage on Maura Murray's disappearance, we always see that narrative of things were spiraling out of control in her life and uh, she needed to get away and she couldn't handle the pressure and things just seemed like they were going to boil over, uh, which I'm so on the fence about. Like, I feel like just because you're a young woman in your 20s doesn't mean that a couple of things happen and you just go completely um, off the grid and you just, you know, you can't take it anymore. But I also can identify that I am, while devastatingly handsome in my 40s, a, a, a male who doesn't have the perspective, the direct perspective of a female in her 20s, I could be speaking from context that I'm not aware of. Uh, so, Jen, I don't know. Like, I understand a, a miscarriage is bad. I understand that that could be devastating. And I understand that the dog passing away and the breakup. But to the best that you can, can you take me through, like, the 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 breakdown of, like, how the how, how your mind would play out? Like, I need to get away and, and maybe not never come back. Is this criteria enough to do that? I mean, it's hard to speak for all young women and what Darian's specific state of mind would have been at the time. Um, I imagine I've never had a miscarriage myself, but I know that that can wreak emotional havoc on you. I've definitely heard from other young women that it's like a really life changing thing to go through. Um, as far as a breakup and her dog dying, while that's really sad, it seems like kind of normal things to go through. In my experience, like being a teenage girl, like these things would be really difficult to deal with and like very, very dramatic. And you might feel like you want to upheave your entire life. But this young woman had been to college. She had future plans um, to become a nurse. You know, she was athletic. She was outgoing. She had lots of friends. I don't see this as really um, giving her any incentive to just like cut and run from her life, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And while we're all individuals and we can't speak directly to her situation, we try to get as close to, I guess, the reality of human nature and, and the situation that we can. Yeah. And of course, we don't really know if Darian was suffering from any kind of mental health issues. I know sometimes pregnancy can lead to, um, you know, exacerbation of depression symptoms, that sort of thing. So maybe Darian was dealing with something like that. So now into the narrative of Darian's disappearance. She went missing the week of October 22nd in 2017. She last spoke with her family on October 21st of 2017, which is the day before. 
and she told them that she wanted to enroll in nursing school and move home to Wichita, Kansas. And Darian's mom, Stephanie, said that they had made plans to come pick her up the following weekend, which was October 27th through the 29th of 2017. And she does not show up to work on the 22nd, which was unlike her. And her last tweet from her account was timed at 10.18 a.m. on October 24th. Is there any information on what that tweet was? Any context on that? So it seems like Darian did some retweets uh, on the morning of October 22nd. And she also tweeted with, it seems like, a friend named Brianna. And... Brianna tweeted at Darian, I love you so much. You're one of the only real ones I have left. And then Darian quote tweeted Brianna and said, well, I'm not leaving you anytime soon. LOL, especially now. And then she also tweeted at Brianna again, but quote retweeted someone else. And she tagged Brianna and said, how we pick each other up after we get effed over time and time again laughing face emojis so that one is a little less clear yeah it would be very interesting to talk to this brianna person to see what these tweets were alluding to it seems like maybe both of them were going through some troubles and uh kind of were leaning on each other during this time but i'd be interested to know what exactly was going on but that tweet that darian said i'm not going to leave you anytime soon that is so haunting because, as we know, she does disappear. Yeah, definitely a haunting uh, social media post. I wish we had uh, more understanding of what she meant with those uh, with those tweets. Yeah, totally. Because on the 25th, this is the day after that last tweet from Darian, Stephanie Darian's mother was contacted by a bunch of Darian's friends saying they couldn't get in contact with Darian. Right, and this was after... She had not shown up for work a few days before that she's still tweeting and she's got friends who work there. So it does seem seem odd. Seems like she should have been at work or that some of her friends from work should have known why she wasn't going to be there. So that brings us to October 26, where Darian's parents drive to Stillwater, where they attempted to file a police report. They told they couldn't file the report until she'd been known to be missing for 48 hours. So her parents then canvassed the neighborhood and went to Darian's apartment where the door is open, the light is on, the dishes are in the sink, there's no sign of foul play, and they find her cell phone and her personal belongings there. Uh, Darian didn't own a car or any vehicle or have any access to a car or a vehicle at that time either. So all of her stuff's there. The apartment is in a state of, I don't want to say like disarray, but obviously someone had been in there using the apartment and Darian appeared to have no way to independently transport herself. Right. And her phone was there, which I think is very interesting. I mean, what 23 year old leaves their apartment without their cell phone? Who tweets 33,000 times in five years. Exactly. Yeah. So two days later, they were able to officially report Darian missing and that would be October 28th of 2017. And a month later, a man tried to use Darian's credit card at a hotel in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And the police are alerted and they tracked a man down who said that he stole the purse from a construction site that he was working on. He claims he saw the purse hanging from a drainage pipe. Yeah, this this story gets a little strange as we um, move along in this story. But um, 
It seems the police don't consider this man a suspect in any way, that he just saw the opportunity to, like, take some money and maybe had no idea who Darian was and, you know, had nothing to do with her disappearance. And this construction site, this was the place where we mentioned at the top of the show where she was looking at the construction and then walking towards that group of trees. And the church is the St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church, and it was being built at McElroy Road and Country Club Road. And the construction site was about three minutes from Darian's apartment by car and about a 25-minute walk if you were to use Country Club Road. So by all accounts, she either got a ride that's unaccounted for or she walked 25 minutes to this construction site for whatever reason and then wandered into this group of trees. I just want to be clear about how we find out information in this case. So, like, Darian goes missing and the police have absolutely no leads. They find they find out that her apartment is abandoned, her cell phone's there. And then a month after her disappearance or her reported disappearance, that's when they discover that this man had used Darian's credit card. And only then did they realize that she was at this construction site. So more than a month has passed since her disappearance by the time they find out where Darian was last seen at this uh, church construction site. And the police spoke with several workers who claimed to have seen a woman matching Darian's description at the construction site on October 26th, 2017. And she was seen in a wooded area just south of the church sitting down. So they spoke with several workers, but were they able to track down all of the contractors and subcontractors who were working at the construction site? I can imagine that's going to be numerous in the, you know, perhaps hundreds of people. Actually, the police said it was virtually impossible to track down all the contractors and subcontractors who had worked on the construction site um, due to poor record keeping. Yeah, I know a lot of the times, like if you have a large construction project, you'll pick up like day laborers who aren't necessarily on the books. Um, And if they are, they don't have to like give their name. It's just like paid bricklayer X amount of dollars. It's not like their employees and you have their social security number. So I imagine, yeah, that would be quite hard for the police to track everybody down who was there. Looks like a pretty big construction site too. Um, We've seen some pictures from Google Earth, some uh, trailers and a lot of cars. So a lot of people working on the site. Was she known to attend church at all? I'm just wondering what the appeal was of this construction site. I'm not sure, but I don't think she attended that church um, because it was being built. That was what the construction project was. So it seems like she kind of just wandered down that way. Yeah, I think um, I think this site might have some importance. Like, why, why would Darian be here? And she wasn't there just briefly because there are several sightings of Darian throughout the day waiting here for some reason. And the police did speak to someone named Steve Edmondson, who was working as part of the crew, and he said that he asked Darian if she needed help, but he said that, quote, she just looked at me like, please don't call the cops or something, end quote. And Dateline reports that one worker told police she, quote, had a blank stare and did not engage with anyone, end quote. That part also kind of reminds me of Maura Murray. Obviously, going to nursing school is interesting, but here, you know, that blank stare, it's almost like a a catatonic stare that um, is obviously well known in uh, Maura Murray's case as well. Yeah, and there's also an instance of like a group of construction workers going over to speak to her. 
Um, and she just didn't respond to them at all. I mean, as a young woman and like, if there's a big group of men approaching you, I imagine it might be a little bit frightening, but like, what must she have looked like sitting there all the day long to make all of these people go up and ask her if she was okay? And that's a great point. I wonder what that look looks like when Steve Edmondson says, she just looked at me like, please don't call the cops or something. How do you get that look out of somebody who seemingly has got this blank expression? And like, why Steve call the cops either? It's like, I know she's loitering there, but if she's not exhibiting any kind of like behavior that's disrupting the peace or whatever, like why would they even get the cops involved to begin with? I think after a certain period of time, wouldn't you want to call somebody just to get this catatonic person some help? I guess so. I mean, they, they cared enough to go over and ask her. They cared enough to report it after the fact. Yeah, maybe it's not like a place where homeless people would congregate or something like that. So it kind of stood out. Also, it's October in what Oklahoma it could be getting a little chilly. Not sure what she was wearing. I mean, it goes without saying this is a strange place to walk almost a half hour and simply not communicate with anybody and watch the construction. Yeah, very bizarre. Does it sound like she may have been on drugs? I don't know. I haven't seen anything in the reporting on Darian that she was a drug user of any kind. Like, she may have smoked weed here and there. But I wonder if she, like, just decided to try something, like, the night before for the first time and just, like, had a terrible reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, it does sound like that's a possibility, absolutely. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's knix.com, promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. 
And several residents also reported seeing Darien on October 26th. And the last confirmed reported sighting of Darien was one man who lived nearby the church construction site. He said he saw Darien walk up from a nearby creek, walk through his electrified fence, and talk to his grandson, who was getting off the school bus. Which is interesting because that's the first person we know that she spoke to. She apparently didn't speak to the construction workers, but she spoke to a child. This comes from what the eyewitness said. He said by the time he got over to his grandson that Darian had walked away and she headed north to McElroy and then west toward Country Club. The two roads, yeah. Let me ask a question. Why would one have an electrified fence on their property? <laughs> I've for a dog, maybe? Maybe dog or just people trespassing. Maybe if there's no fence, like, you know, you're trying to keep people off your fence. But, yeah, interesting. I'd say I'd say a dog. I'd say, you know, maybe they uh, wanted to keep things like coyotes out or something. Maybe they had chickens or something like that. I'm just setting the scene in my head, the location, the physical location in my head. I think a lot can be said of having an electrified fence. The reason for either keeping something in or keeping something out, the remoteness of it. Obviously, she seems very out of place right there. And I would love to know what she said to the grandson. Oh, me too. Yeah. I th- I'm not sure if she like had crossed through this fence like into his property or she just talked to the grandson through the fence. Like I'm not sure about like where everybody was placed. Like where did the bus pull up? How what way was the kid walking? I'm assuming toward the house and mm-hmm. like Darian intercepted him before he got through the fence. Like it's a little bit confusing. Um, but yeah, I think of most Im- importance is like what she said to that kid. Yeah, I wish we knew that. And one person reported seeing Darian sitting on a piece of construction equipment that evening and said that she looked as if she was waiting for someone to give her a ride. But this sighting is actually unconfirmed. Yeah. So let's think about the timeline here. I'm not sure exactly when the, I guess the construction workers would be working pretty early in the day because it gets a bit hot or whatever. And then when she speaks to the grandson, this is when kids get out of school. So like what, 3.30, 4? Yeah, 2.30. Also, she she was tweeting that morning, right? And then didn't bring her phone with her on, I guess, a walk down there. So, yeah, so basically Darian goes dark on social media and doesn't speak to any of her friends from the 24th onward. And the only sightings we have of her is at this construction site on the 26th. And then she disappears. Nobody sees her. So I wonder what was going on the day of the 25th for Darian. And it was that same day that the unconfirmed sighting came in, right? The 26th. Yes. And it says later that evening on that report. So I don't know if that eyewitness report is is accurate or not, but it does kind of sound like she was there almost, you know, the whole day or or several at least several daylight hours uh, stretching into what seems to be getting closer to dusk or potentially, you know, darkness. Yeah. Very interesting uh, question that you raised, though, about what happened the day before. Because you have the 24th where she doesn't post anything on social media after a certain time. And then 25th is nothing. This is the 26th. So yeah. Right. I mean, I imagine that would be the first thing that law enforcement would do, would try to piece together a timeline for where mm-hmm. Darian had gone, who, who she had seen, who she spoke with. Um, but as, as far as the public knows, and as far as we know, um, we don't have any information for what happened on the 25th. 
Her apartment was unlocked, dishes in the sink. She had her purse, which she left or somebody left at the construction site, but she didn't put her cell phone in her purse. Right. Um, if she was waiting for a ride, if someone had said, meet me at this construction site, I think one of the first things that you would take with you is your cell phone. Right. Unless you left in a rush. Her apartment door was unlocked. The light was on. She left her phone. That seems to me like she just was like not in her right mind when she left or it was a rush out of the apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still hard to imagine just not bringing your phone, though. Rush or, yeah. you know, not thinking straight. Well, good point, because if she's rushing out, she grabbed her purse. Mm-hmm. You know, there there was an instinct to grab something. And somebody, again, who's been so active on social media, I mean, it's, her life is through her phone. Yeah, and she's right down the street. She could have walked back. Um, she apparently didn't need her keys because the door was still open. Like, she could have retrieved her phone in the time that she was apparently waiting there at the construction site. Yeah. And if you're meeting somebody, I'm just thinking about people theorizing that she was at the construction site to meet someone. If you're meeting somebody, why wouldn't you just meet at your apartment? Yeah, if it's if it's close by. Like they said, what, a three-minute drive from the yeah. construction yeah. site? 25-minute walk, three-minute drive. Maybe you don't want someone to know where you live. Could be, exactly. Could be. Yep. Yeah, I mean, what are the reasons you would meet outside of where you live and like at a place where not many people would be either. I mean, maybe they didn't count on construction workers being actively on site at that time, but there certainly were people there and they never saw Darian meet up with anybody. Yeah. I mean, how, how is that at like a meeting point though? You know, it's really just like a fence um, at that, at that time, you know, like you wouldn't just say meet me at the fence. I I don't think, you know, there, there were other ways she could have walked you know, if she was walking, there were, you know, other things in that town besides a construction site. Yeah, I can't. What did she walk by? That would have been a better meeting spot. Yeah, she. The Sixth Ave seems to have, um, yeah, you know, be a little bit of a main street. So the police uh, received all of these tips, and they did end up searching a large portion of the wooded area, south, east, and west of the intersection of. Country Club Road and McElroy Road. And they did this search on December 4th and 5th of 2017, which seems like a long time after she was seen at the construction site, but that's only because, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's only because the police didn't receive that information until about a month after. So they didn't even know where her last scene was until right around that time anyway. Yeah, because like during after like a month had elapsed after her missing person report was filed, that's when they got a ping on her bank card that that guy in Oklahoma City was using. And only through that information did they find out that Darian was last seen at this construction site. So, yeah, it does seem like it's a long time to wait before searching, but they didn't know to search there until this point. And the search does turn up Darian's wallet, which contains her ID card her sweatshirt, uh, but it's not clear where on the property that the items were found, and this apparently is the only sign of Darien that's connected to the search area. Yeah, I find I find this um, these items that were found during the search to be like very interesting because if we remember, there's that guy who was using her bank card in Oklahoma City, and what he said is he saw um, Darien's purse sitting near this construction site it was hanging on a fence or pole of some sort and so he must have been walking by saw the abandoned purse 
reached inside it, grabbed the wallet, and only took one bank card and then threw the wallet into the wooded area, but not the rest of the purse? Or was it the whole purse? It's really suspicious. Yeah. Also, when you look at it in the context of like he was trying to commit a crime with her credit card. He was trying to commit fraud with a stolen credit card. And we're talking about a missing person's stolen credit card. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just saw like an opportunity, like somebody had left their purse there and he didn't know it was connected to a missing person. But that's like a pretty, pretty big risk to take Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to to use somebody's credit card, especially like a month later, too. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's natural if you're just walking by or something like that, you know, but um, I can't imagine, I can't, personally, I can't imagine that, um, you know, doing anything like that. It's hard, uh, hard to picture. I feel like if you're committing a crime, one crime could be a slippery slope to another crime. Yeah, I'm, it's a fantastic point, right? I mean, like you should... But it's a good point because you you should pay attention to any coincidences in a case like this where you have like little to nothing to go on in a missing person's case. If like you do run across somebody who has the missing person's uh, bank card, you can't help but think that they have something to do with their disappearance as well because they've demonstrated that they're willing to commit this like small um, fraud crime. Yeah, this is a pretty good lead. Yeah, you would think that police would have checked into this guy wholly and gotten an alibi from him um, because he was their only lead, right? Oh, speaking of leads, Sergeant Royce Stevens said that they had exhausted all of their leads for the case. And in an article from December 6th, he said he had no reason to believe she had been harmed. He says that he believes Hudson is likely to be alive. Yeah, I mean, they. I guess they don't have any reason to believe otherwise, right? Like, there's no body, there's no evidence that a struggle took place either at the construction site or in her apartment. It's just, like, super bizarre. Yeah, it, it is really bizarre and uh, concerning. And Lieutenant Jeff Watts says it's concerning because her wallet had her identification in it, her money, her credit card and stuff like that. So for her to leave that would indicate she probably wasn't thinking clearly. And again, that extends to how her apartment was left and the cell phone. Yeah. I think that's all fair. Again, I, I find it so strange that like her money and credit card were in her wallet, but then the guy stole her one like debit card or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange to to go into very a, you know a wallet that or a, a purse that's apparently hanging on a fence or something at a construction site. You you feel like the ownership to just go through it, take out a credit card, not report it to the police, not hand the ID to to someone who may need it, um, but you're trying to benefit from the credit card. When apparently there's money in there, like cash money. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. That's very strange too. Why the person you know, didn't, you know, an attempted, uh, they they do attempt a crime later, but they didn't take that money. I mean, I don't know if there was actually cash found. I don't know if uh, the Lieutenant Watts was saying that there was cash there. He just was kind of speaking generally like her money, her credit card, that kind of stuff. So I'm not sure if the guy like overlooked cash, but he definitely like chose one card. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to use, someone else's card wouldn't you take a credit card and not a debit card 
since like for a debit card you need a pin for it yeah i mean yeah do we know for sure that he got this from the construction site like do we know for sure this fellow didn't know darian before and you know have that credit card before yeah i i think those would be questions i hope were answered by law enforcement when they interviewed this guy yeah yeah he should they they should obviously have a pretty solid alibi for this guy because i i don't understand why they're saying they have no leads well, he also, Lieutenant Jeff Watts, indicates that there's no evidence that Darian was considering moving to Kansas immediately, saying that she had just paid up her rent. I mean, you can see that, but, you know, if your rent is due, you pay your rent, whether you're immediately thinking about moving or thinking about immediately moving. Well, I, I find this that strange, too, because, like, according to her mom and her family, they had plans for the next week to come pick her up and, like, move her back to Kansas. So... I guess he's saying that she wasn't planning to like leave that day, like the day of the 26th to go back to Kansas. Mm -hmm. But why would she return to Kansas and not let her family know? Because she was planning on moving back in with her mom. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's very strange. It's, it's not what she told her friend, right? She told her friend she's not going anywhere. I know that was a few days before, but um, that's what she told her on Twitter. Yeah, I don't know if that meant, like, as a friend, I'm not going anywhere. Right. Or, mm -hmm. yeah. In April of 2019, skeletal remains were found that police initially believed could be Darian, but turned out to be a male. And in October of 2019, two years after Darian's disappearance, Lieutenant Watts says that he believes if Darian had run away, information would have turned up by now. He says that he believes someone knows something. So that's interesting. It's sort of a, a shift in uh, the police thinking just in uh, in these few short years. And Darian was placed on a cold case playing card deck that was distributed to prisons in hopes of generating new leads for unsolved cases. Uh, this playing card lists the date she was last seen at St. Francis Xavier as October 22nd, not October 26th, unfortunately. And Darian's mom believes that she is alive and posts to social media every day hoping to find out where she is and... Obviously, Jen, you mentioned that, and that that must be such uh, an emotional task to uh, to complete every single day. Yeah, agreed. Um, this is such an interesting case, and like it just seems like there's dead ends everywhere you look in this case. You can't really. It does really remind me of Morris' case, where where like there's a mystery in a mystery. It's like why was she there at this construction site? And then where did she go after? Yeah, there's there's several similarities, I, I think, to um, to Mora's case. It is interesting, and uh, the theories are plenty here. Um, some folks think she ran away, which I think you could point to her apartment door being open and, and just no evidence of foul play. Obviously, it, some people think Darian had a mental health crisis that led to her disappearance. Yeah. And there's a theory on Reddit about a bar called Tumbleweeds, which is near where she was last seen off of a common hitchhiking road. That's, yeah, that's interesting because we don't really know. She was last seen walking into that grouping of trees, perhaps in the direction of this bar. So if she went to that bar to grab a drink or, you know, whatever, and then hitched a ride, that's, I guess, a... Uh, a possibility right if, if yeah it's like a common place where people would pick up rides it actually seems like a pretty popular spot um just some quick 
research shows that um, some college uh, kids definitely go there. It seems like a concert venue too. It doesn't really seem that shady, uh, but the hitchhiking road, you know, I would say brings some some suspicion there. But if she was going to meet someone to for a ride or something like that, obviously, I feel like the bar is a much more usual place you would meet someone for a ride or something than, uh, you know, just like a fence or a construction site. Totally. If she was like going to this bar to kind of get out of the elements or whatever, she left her purse behind. She left all of her money yeah. behind. Yeah. So she probably wouldn't have gotten in potentially. Yeah. Her ID, like, mm. so strange. Looks like the distance that she walked from her apartment to the construction site is pretty similar to the distance that she would have walked from the construction site to Tumbleweeds. So that's an additional 25 to 30 minute walk. And it looks pretty much like due north. Based on the the eyewitness, that guy who lived near the construction site, when she walked away from his grandson, she was heading north. So maybe that's where that theory kind of originates. Like what is north of this site? And it's Tumbleweeds, I guess. And Jen, do you have the contact information for anyone with tips on uh, Darian's disappearance? Yeah, I mean, as always, we're hoping for some some kind of tip, some kind of lead um, that would break this case open and we can locate Darian again. I know her family is like really hoping for something to come through. It's been so long and they just need closure. But if you have any information about Darian Hudson's disappearance, you can reach out to the Stillwater Police Department and their number is 405-742-8357. And you can also submit a tip online at tips at osbi.ok.gov. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.